What is happening, everyone? Welcome to episode 107 of your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Haley, alongside my co-host, Scott Simmons. And today, we're going to talk about your best rep range. I break down a ton of shit in here. I highly recommend, I know a lot of you listen to this on your morning walks or your drives to work. I highly recommend having a notepad available for this one because there is a lot of information in here. And I promise you this, if your goal is to be an advanced trainee, a high-level competitor, Competitor, get on stage for the first time, look like a competitor. This podcast is going to help you a ton. So I'm really excited to take a deep dive in rep ranges with you. As always, Grower Die Podcast brought to you by Revive Supplements, brought to you by Raw Supplements. Make sure to use code Haley at checkout. You guys, be ready. I'm about to drop some nuclear bombs. 107, I'll see you inside. So it just recently occurred to me, recently as in uh, the last hour, that it, this is the 107th episode of the Grow Die podcast. I've never really discussed rep ranges, um, honestly, because I feel like too many people overcomplicate it or too many people are searching for a fix, um, you know, to their problem or, um, you know, to whatever issue it is they have within their training, their progress, whatever. I I feel like they look for it in the wrong places where they might put too much stock in like rep ranges for their training, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than, you know, forcing an adaptive stimulus, you know, rather than, um, you know, pushing progressive overload where we also ensure as the load gets heavier, the reps get more, um, you know, the tempo gets greater, whatever, that we're still properly contracting, um, uh, you know, the target, the targeted tissue throughout the duration of the set. Um, so, you know, rep ranges in terms of, um, you know, in terms of where they fall on the list of importance, um, you know, they, they, they fall decently high, but it's behind some like mountains, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's a valley behind these massive mountains and you know, the mountain is adaptive stimulus. If you're training chess, I don't care if you can, like I I've bench pressed 500 pounds before Mm -hmm. and I had a small chest when I did it. So that didn't equate to anything for me. Right. Cause I yeah. wasn't bench pressing with the intent of simulating and overloading my chest. I was bench pressing for the intent of, I want a lot of load on the bar and I, I, I need a lot of load on the bar that really got me nowhere. Mm-hmm. Right. The intent had nothing to do with driving my biceps together, forcing my pec to go from a length into a shortened position. And so many people live like that. And I am going to say that train like that is wrong. Um, and I, I have clients who come to me because, you know, I talk about, yeah, train heavy, heavy slack, heavy load, um, load up the bar, crank it, uh, pull out the heavy dumbbells, get after it. But but the load is, you know, again, a valley after the mountain of simulation. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I, I want to make that very clear. Everything I talk about within training, the golden principle, the unspoken rule, everything that I am putting out comes after that golden rule and that kind of overarching theme of you have to be able to simulate and you have to be able to 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 you know, bias the target muscle in whatever movement we are doing and we are performing, right? So that's number one. All of your training should be based upon that. You know, if you do squats, but you don't really get great activation on squats, then why are we still doing squats, right? You know, like me, if you're doing bench press, if you don't really get great activation on bench press, why are we doing bench press? The goal is bodybuilding. The goal is building your body up into a more muscular state. And the only way that we can 
you know, do that is by continuing to assimilate and overload, um, uh, you know, the, the, the targeted muscles that we are training on that day, right? So that's the mountain. This is the valley. The valley for your rep ranges. I want to give you kind of my breakdown of number one, what a you know proper rep is. Then I want to go into a proper uh, um, set, and and you know then after that I want to go into a proper flow. So a proper rep to me is always very controlled. Um, if if you see my training videos, there's always a very controlled eccentric. Um, there's a you know there's a clear bottom point of the movement. There's not like a fluctuation at the bottom of the movement. There's a very clear concentric, and then after the concentric, because we're about ninety eight percent of the way through the concentric, we start the next rep. There's not really much resting between reps here. I go, mm-hmm. but I go you know through you know, continually loading the, the, the muscle yeah, throughout everything yeah. we're doing. I think, I think the Smith machine squat video I posted, um, earlier in the week is really prime example of that Yeah, massive range of motion, massive, uh, range of activation. The entire thing, the entire set was a range of activation, decently heavy weight, um, and, 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 you know, taken into a, a place where I couldn't perform another rep at. Mm -hmm. Um, so a proper rep is one that's in complete control of all time. And if you're in complete control at all times, you should be able to activate your targeted muscle the entire time. So for example, in a Smith machine squat, I'm obviously going for my quads at any point throughout that, um, throughout that entire set, you should feel my quads and they are rock fucking hard. You should be able to feel my glutes and my hamstrings and they are not as rock hard because they're not pressing against, you know, the skin because they're not as activated um, and they don't have as much nutrients pushing in them. They're not flexed like my quads are. Right. Mm -hmm. Same thing with chest stuff. If you're hitting a chest exercise, which most people do struggle with your chest at the entire duration of the active, the, the range of activation, that entire range it should be flexed the entire time. Now you're going to have some anterior delts, you know, in there as, as well at some point, but we should, our, our, our pecs should be more targeted than anterior delts and triceps. They all kind of coincide. They all work together a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And they like overlap. Um, so that's what a proper up is to me. It's working through a proper range of activation, lots of bad training going on on Instagram. Check yourself, check your shit. Are you training through a range of activation or are you just moving load? If you're listening to this and you're like, no, I train through a range of activation. I bet you are not. Mm -hmm. I would say 90, if you're not my client, I would say it's a 95% chance you're not. If you're my client, I would say there's a very high chance that you are. Would you say, because one thing that Brandon points out on me sometimes is that my uh, flexibility and some of my movements yep. is very far. Like yep. the range of motion is long. Yeah. And sometimes I've noticed you stopped me as yep. like, don't go so far. Yeah. Especially on cable flies. Yeah. So it, it's, it's about kind of understanding the, um, the like insertion points of each muscle. Yep. Right. So for example, if we're doing something chest related, mm-hmm. Well, we probably don't want to see the elbows, you know, drop much below shoulder, uh, like like parallel with shoulders, right? Because mm-hmm. below that, we're overextending the chest, and we're now dropping off load to you know secondary tertiary muscles like triceps and anterior, mm-hmm. uh, um, anterior delts, and you know, so you're sacrificing like, some of the movement. Yeah, you're sacrificing the activation. The activation. Um, you know, just to work through a full range of motion. That's yeah. why, like. 
I believe in working through a full range of motion as a beginner, as an intermediate, I believe in still incorporating full range of motion while you also learn, you know, full range of activation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously as an advanced trainee, like I, I mean, I, a lot of the stuff I do isn't through a full range of motion it's through the range of activation, but I'm a very advanced trainee. So my range of activation, I have been able to perfect or drag out to a place where it looks like it's close to a full range of motion. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I can't flex that muscle anymore throughout a set that or throughout a rep, that's the stopping point. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of about just, like I said, understanding, um, you know, the insertion points and whatnot. You know, say we're doing a bicep curl. Mm-hmm. If we come all the way up wrist to shoulder on a bicep curl, then there's going to be a lot of anterior delt and brachial radialis finishing that movement, mm-hmm. right? Um, whereas if we stop maybe 95% of the way up, or even better, maybe like 92% of the way up is still going to be very, very, very much so bicep bias. Why does this matter? This little difference matters because we start the eccentric. And if we start the eccentric from wrist to shoulder, mm-hmm. what's controlling the eccentric? The, the last muscle that was biased is what's now controlling the eccentric. Your anterior delt is probably stronger than your bicep. There's a very yeah. strong chance that it is. Yeah. So now you're extending down. And yeah, you're going to get some bicep activation in there, but your anterior delt is controlling the movement. Uh-huh. Right. So we staying within that active range of motion. That's why it matters so much because we want the entire duration of the entire exercise for an entire set to be put into the targeted muscle that we, you know, went into the set with the intent of overloading and simulating for growth. Yeah. And so this is really, really, really important. So that's what proper reps look like. A proper set looks like when we can no longer perform a proper rep. Rep, the last rep should look similar to the first rep. Okay. If we're doing beyond failure work, if we're taking a set to an absolute failure point, uh, if you're taking it to RIR zero, the first rep and the last rep should look the same. If we're taking RIRs reps in reserve, which is all my training is based in RIR of zero or beyond that. Um, I think there's a time and a place for RIR of one, two, three. Um, but it's not with me as your coach. Um, I mean, you know, just quite frank, unless we're yeah. deloading or something like sure. that, then obviously I'm from RIR around three or four. So RIR is zero. And now we go to absolute failure. It's when your muscle cannot properly stimulate anymore. So that's going to be to a place where you're probably going to hit some partials thereafter or, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, usually it's going to be partials or maybe an isometric hold until you're no longer able to contract that fiber till that fight till, till that muscle just kind of like stops altogether or is too fatigued and it kind of hands off the load to other muscle groups. And you're going to feel when this happens, you just need to be very in tune with your body. I mean, it's advanced type stuff, right? So that's what a set should look like. And, you know, the flow of your training session, you know, we should be in a pretty good flow. Um, Understanding how to allow a training session to flow is imperative. Like right now, um, the other day, Matt and I picked out um, uh, shows for 2021 season. All right. So, you know, I always talk about, you know, you're always in prep. You don't really stop prep. You don't pull out of prep. And I've I've had that mentality since I competed and I won the Mr. Ohio you know, now it's a little bit amplified. Like I know how far out I am yeah. and I know what the end destination is. And let me tell you guys, the end destination is very, very, very exciting. So we had that conversation the other day we picked out. So now my flow is even escalated beyond, you know, or to a point where I don't even want to talk to anyone at the gym anymore. I don't want to look at anyone. I have my training partner. We go to the gym, we train. 
watch what I do, follow what I do, but let's not talk. Let's talk as minimal as possible. And we're going to keep flowing here. Every time I hit, I get into my next set. It's because I'm ready to give 100% focus and effort. I took enough time for my last set heading into this set. Headphones on, hat on, and I'm working. I'm not trying to be a dick, but I, I'm, I'm working. And so you need to be in that flow, like find your flow within your training session, and that's going to lead to a much more conducive training session. If you stay locked in, you don't have to get locked in. And so from the time I walk in the gym, I, I mean, as soon as I'm there, you know, you start hearing the weights clanging and, you know, people grunting and, you know, people getting the fuck after, especially at, you know, the gym that we go to, um, I'm locked in, I'm dialed in, I'm ready to fucking roll. Um, and, and, you know, so I, I find my flow, I stay in that flow and I encourage you to do the same, find your flow and stay in that flow. So I want to talk about my breakdown of rep ranges, by the way, um, today, uh, let's see, Scott has some bullet, if you've mm-hmm. ever had bullet raw, you know, it kind of kicks you in the nuts every single time you take I just a drink. Had a sip. It's pretty good. I, dude, I love that feeling. Uh, big, yeah, I like it. Every lot. every gulp kind of gives you uh, like there's some chills that just kind of run mm-hmm. down the top of it's, your spine. It sits in the back it of your does. throat. It does. It, it hangs stays out. there. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a hangout. It reminds <laughs> you that it that that you just got I'm bulleted. Still here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still here. I didn't forget about you. Uh so Scott's sipping on some bullet. Um, I am sipping on crown vanilla. And you like it. First time I've had crown vanilla, I, I I can't lie. I thought I wasn't gonna like it. Yeah. Um. Scott does not like it, but Scott's not a big fan of vanilla things. Uh, not even like vanilla ice cream without yeah. like you know chocolate Something. sauce some, all some over sauce. It. Some sauce, <laughs> which which is funny because when I do enjoy ice cream, I enjoy vanilla green yeah. by itself. Yeah. Plain. Yeah. It's more the syrupy feeling. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier. Yeah. yeah. So I I actually I enjoy the crown vanilla, and I wasn't sure that I was going to, but man, I like it a lot. I, I can't say the, the crown apple is the best. It's smooth. It's smooth. But you know, I get that. That, that's crown's trademark, right? Yeah. It's never going to like punch you in the face. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm feeling like a little bitch today. I've been punched in the face enough today. My Thursdays <laughs> are wild workloads day. days. Yeah. And uh, as promised, I got back to 15 applicants. I accepted 15 people today. So, um, you know, by you, by the time you've heard this, you've probably checked your email. Um, and, and then in a couple, um, by a couple, I probably mean three. So actually a few. In a few weeks, I'll probably do another 10 more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll probably be done for the year after that, honestly. Uh, pretty happy with my roster. There's a lot that's going on for the rest of the year. After yeah, that, so. there, there, there's a lot. Yeah, to say at least that definitely you know needs some attention. Um, but yeah, so I'm happy with that. But sipping on my crown vanilla. So I have a question. Yeah. Since we mentioned your upcoming show now that we have, you know, kind of a date picked out. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Um, I feel really good. I feel, I mean... You know, I've gone back. Um, so Matt and I's one year is next week. So Already? I, I, yeah, Holy yeah, shit. I've been a year. Damn. I was looking at, you know, where I was when I started, you know, compared to now, man, I mean, I'm a monster now yeah. compared to yeah. there. And, you know, when I started with him, I was, you know, I was uh, above, above average bodybuilder. You know, okay. I just won the Ohio. Yep. Um, I wouldn't say I was good yet. You know, okay. I think a good bodybuilder is someone who, you know, is battling for a first call out on the national stage. Okay. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, my show plans. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm going to share my show plans anywhere. Yeah, sure. Um, I enjoyed everyone knew that I was in prep uh, for the Ohio, but no one knew what show that I was doing. Yeah. Um, I think some people might have put it together. But again, living in Texas, they weren't sure if I was going to go back. Even though I, I was still eligible, uh, <clears throat> obviously, or else I wouldn't have done it. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure I'm going to share much, but I feel good. I feel 
Um, I feel enough pressure as it is already, which is why I don't want to add any more to my plate. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to post much throughout prep in terms, you know, of what's going on with my physique. Okay. Um, because I feel like it is me just saying these words isn't going to get it home enough. I can't lose. Yeah. Sure. Um, I get really emotional thinking about it. The last two days I've thought about it a bit and, you know, I had a long conversation the other day uh, with Megan and then Haley and I talked about today. Like I, I, I can, it's, I cannot lose big and, deal and it's, it's everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, obviously the next stage is going to be the biggest stage that I've been on. You know, the Ohio is a really good size show. It's a really good show. Um, but you know, you know what the next show is and it's, it's, it's a beast. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's As a it beast. You just keep, you keep yeah. moving up. You keep yeah. improving. So it's not USA's, you know, for those of you who are like, it's USA's. It's not USA's. Yeah. Although that is very much so on the table for 21. Um, I'm just, I, so I, I, I already feel immense pressure and honestly, I like it. I, I do well under pressure Yeah. and I know that there's going to be a lot of people cheering. There's going to be a lot of people refreshing their phones all day. I know we have like a fuckload of business shit going yeah. on, but does it feel kind of more, uh, that you have for purpose again, not that you guys have 100%. kind of identified uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a this trajectory to it. Yeah. I'm yeah. a bodybuilder before anything. I'm a yeah. bodybuilder before I'm a coach, before I'm a businessman, sure. uh, before I'm a friend, before I'm a bodybuilder first and foremost, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a competitor first mm-hmm. and foremost. I compete. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care what we're playing. If we're playing fucking face 10, if we're playing Madden, if <laughs> yeah, we're competing yeah. in bodybuilding, if yeah. we're having a fucking, uh, if we're going shot for shot with some whiskey, like I'm a competitor. Yeah. And so, you know, I feel I feel really good. I feel excited. I, you know, it's interesting when we picked out the, when, when we solidified, we were going to do the Ohio, um, last year, I felt like a a switch was flipped Mm -hmm. and, you know, this time's different because that switch didn't turn off. Mm. The switch has been flipped yeah, and it's still flipped. It, it's been, it's been game time, but now yeah. it's the fourth quarter and now, we yeah, have now it's time to show the fuck the up. Goal. And yeah. at the end of what we currently have planned, I can solidify myself as a very good bodybuilder mm. and I can set myself up for a pro card run in 2022. And, you know, as you guys know, I've, I'm not shy with it. I do not shy away from the pressure I put on myself. I expect to be 2022, Mr. USA. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everything we're doing this year is leaning towards that becoming reality. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I become 2022 Mr. USA? Nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I feel good. I feel really excited. Nice. Um, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. We, we adjusted, uh, some things, um, you know, with uh, cycle recently and I'm feeling great on it. Um, I added some volume to my training. I added about three sets daily to my training, which has been brutal. Um, and, and I'm feeling good of the, you know, the recovery is good. So I've stayed tight too. Like I've stayed really yeah. tight this all season. Yeah. Um, like tight I, and tight, you've stayed tight and grown. Yeah. Signif- significantly. I like, I still have really good quad striations. I mean, the pictures um, we took yesterday or yesterday yeah, right? that, yeah. that you guys are going to see. So, you know, I still have a very solid six pack. I'm, I'm pretty vascular. Yeah. So I, I feel good, but man, I'm it's, excited. It's almost like, because I take pictures of you all every fucking month yeah. and have a series of pictures. Yeah. It's almost like you haven't changed. Like I see you every day. So it's, mm. you know, you haven't really changed. Mm-hmm. You just got a little bigger every yeah. time. You just, you just keep getting nothing has changed. You just got a little yep. bigger. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's drastic. You know, it's yeah. very linear. Yeah. And, you know, over the past, you know, 12 months of this current improvement phase, um, like every month it's been linear. Yeah. You know, every month it's been like, you know, 2% better and 2% better over 12 months, you know, mm-hmm. you're 25%, 24% better in the end. And so, yeah. you know, I have a couple more months of improvement phase. 
And then it's time to hop into prep and really fucking battle. When I was doing those picks, I noticed that your chest, because chest was one of your main points. Yeah. I noticed the chest has gotten, big, gotten a lot bigger. bigger. Yeah. It's, it's, it's started responding really well. Man, we have toyed with that training so much. Yeah. Um, I have a genetically a very poor chest. Mm. Uh, my mom actually used to make fun of me for having a bird chest. Uh, yeah, like it was bad. I was, I was, I, I used to be made fun of for like how I have small a, my chest was. I have a buddy, the one I always tell you about. Yeah. From my, like my best friend from back home. Yeah. He has like that concave. That's what I had. Chest, really? Yeah, dude, yeah, he was, so it always frustrated him. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. you just, you have to learn how to train with it. Man, you know what? We took out presses as a main mover and flies are my main mover now. Yeah. Um, and man, it's responded really well, perfectly executed and intentful flies. Mm. Um, there's lots of magic that happens sure. in that. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I hope you guys are excited. So I'm excited to take you guys on the journey. But like I said, you probably, um, I might tell the podcast in case people, cause that's a very popular show. A lot yeah. of people will be there. So in case people do want to come out and support. And the podcast um, is always first to hear almost everything. Yeah. Now. The podcast is by far our most popular place. And actually, uh, we do want to thank you guys. Uh, we had the highest launch day ever. Yep. We reached um, a new peak. We, we reached a new peak. So thank you guys so much. You know, the sharing, the supporting, the everything you guys are fucking fantastic. I don't even know how or why I deserve you guys, but goddamn, I'm glad you guys are in my life. Honestly, you make me really happy. Mm. So with all of that, being said, I want to get into my breakdown of rep ranges. So this is my personal breakdown. Everyone, you know, you, you look out, no one else is going to have the same breakdown. This is my personal breakdown for my, um, consumption of physiology for my understanding of the anecdote that I've seen over the years and the amount of different training variations and things that I've done. Okay. One to four is the best rep range for power and strength. Five to 10 is the best rep range for what I would consider like a power building place where hypertrophy starts, but we're still going to see a lot of strength gains happening there. 11 to 15, I like to call this like an activation zone. 11 to 15, it's going to be heavy. I mean, all every set you do should be heavy. If you're about to go into 30 reps, it should be heavy fucking 30 reps. Yeah. So, but 11 to 15 is still going to be light enough for you to have perfect contractions, unbelievable control and intent with every single rep, mm-hmm. which is our goal, right? Mm-hmm. Five to 10, you know, we're, we're going to be very close to that, but we're still, you know, we're still looking at moving weight. Yeah. All right. At the, you know, we're, we're looking at moving load over five to 10. Um, and the 16 plus, like that's brutality. That's endurance, that's muscular endurance. That's really, you know, forcing an adaptive stimulus of holy shit. I need to be able to turn over new nutrients and oxygen uh, much quicker than I am right now. It causes a bolus of insulin, IGF-1 to release growth hormone, you know, all of these things. It causes a great response in here. Um, So I'm talking bodybuilding style training. I'm not talking going in and you just do like 20 reps. Mm -hmm. I did 20 reps. Yeah. No, like you do 20 reps to where you can't like, man, it's, it's hard to put in words. I know Scott sees me in this like place every single day, but like you can't really think. Like it's fuzzy. It's, 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 there's like stars. Your I've noticed for me since it's, since I'm not bodybuilding, yeah. you know, but I want to train that way. Yeah. Um, I've noticed for me that the cue is when I lift, especially with like hack squats, because mm-hmm. I hate legs. Mm-hmm. When I lift it off, I know it's, he- you go, oh, fuck, that's heavy. Yeah. But you know, that's the right, the right way. And 100%. You, when I, when I think, oh, fuck, that's heavy. I don't think I'm going to do two. I yeah. think, okay, I got to get at least 
six. Yeah. So I got to break the five number. Absolutely. And if I can't do that, then obviously there's a benchmark. I got to notate. Yep. Whereas like, okay, now I need to go down a little bit, not 100%. a lot of bit, not like a whole plate. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Just incremental. Yeah. Everything's it should be very incremental within your training. Yeah. I mean, especially if you keep a good log book, it should all be very, very, very incremental. And so that's my breakdown again. One to four power strength. Five to ten, like power building, hypertrophy. Eleven, fifteen, activation. Obviously, more hypertrophy. You know, sixteen plus is brutality, endurance, and obviously again, hypertrophy. Right. So, a problem that I realized amongst a lot of people train is overutilizing one rep range. So, oh fuck, man! One of my friends just posted about it on social media. Um, fuck, I can't remember who it was, and he was talking about how you know for the last like seven eight months. You know, he's been working in the like, um, like seven to 11 rep range for like 90% of his movements Mm -hmm. and near the end, you know, the last like couple months, he's had a lot of joint issues, Mm. um, you know, which whenever you start with joint issues, probably pushing a little too heavy. So it's kind of time to bump the rep ranges, train a little bit lighter, activate a little bit harder. Um, he had, you know, chronic fatigue, you know, a sign of you're probably training too heavy, like over training. And I hate that term, but overreaching is more so what I use. Um, you know, not great recovery or motivation heading into sessions um but the biggest item as a bodybuilder is he said i just i didn't progress and he posted a side by side and there was no progression okay two months there's been no progression Damn. in the last two months Damn. like that sucks dude yeah. that's wild yeah. um you know he experienced that and he had to make a change and he changed and he added in you know more um you know periodized work if you will which yeah. i you know strongly firmly believe that even for hypertrophy for bodybuilding, you need to periodize um, your training. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we think mostly on this in powerlifting, um, but also like this is for people who are truly training hard. Like, watch Ashley Jones train. Yeah. You go in there, watch Cecily Weck train. Are you training there? Um, watch Emory train. Are you training that hard? You know, mm-hmm. watch me train. Watch mm-hmm. Brandon train. Like, watch these people train. Are you training that hard? Mm-hmm. Then you need to periodize your training. Mm-hmm. So it's also, you need to be, uh, you need to be honest with yourself. Am I going that hard or am yeah. I not going that hard? If you're not going that hard, it's less of an item for you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. this is a flower in the valley rather than a house. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I I want you to kind of understand. I, I want everyone here to be really fucking realistic with where you're at. Look, I train really hard, but there are people who train harder. Mm-hmm. There's um, you know people who have been at this longer, who truly are able to push themselves to a place I am not capable of pushing myself to yet because i've not unlocked that level of mastery yeah that is okay to say and it's okay to be there but if we're unrealistic and you know where we're at right now well it's going to be really difficult to know to, to be able to make progress because it's difficult for you to have a grounded understanding of what you need to do in order to get to the next breakthrough of training if you will or whatever it might be so people overutilize one rep range. I want you to understand each adaptation builds one another. Strength builds power, builds hypertrophy, builds activation, builds endurance. And then endurance builds, you know, endurance builds strength. Hypertrophy builds activation. Power building builds hypertrophy. All of these items, they overlap and they all build one another. You, you if you're failing at one, you're failing at all of them. You're only as strong as your weakest link here is. So I say that, and I say that sort of tongue in cheek, because we don't do a lot of one through four movements. Mm-hmm. 
well, why don't we do one through four movements? We don't do one through four movements because of the way that I have, if we, if my clients had more volume in their training, we would do one through four reps on some compound movements. Mm -hmm. We don't have much volume. I mean, you know, there's not a ton of volume in there. If we were doing 10 to 15 sets a day, we would have some one through four. I also think it tends to, you know, you have to consider the technique of that training because it seems as if the majority of team heli clients can keep progressing hundred percent, honestly, because it's more of, okay, they have the range, but they start to learn the technique of within that range of going, okay, I can, I did eight at a hundred pounds last week. So I need to do eight of 110 pounds and so forth. And like you said, that, that small incremental change that we've seen through you in your career so far Everybody kind of adapts that. They do. I don't, and I don't think you, it, from what I understand, at least learning from you, if that's happening, you don't need to change it. No, no. If, if you are progressing. Yeah. And that's in terms of performance. That's in terms of your look. If your performance and your look are progressing, we don't need to change. Yeah. Um, Katie Younger had her check in with me here today and I was, you know, chatting with her a little bit tonight. And, you know, she asked about moving on to phase two of training. Um, and, and, you know, I told her, you know, we're not ready for it yet because you're progressing so well right now. Mm-hmm. So don't change something just because, you know, you, you feel the need to, mm-hmm. and, you know, she, she responded back like, you know, fuck yeah, like, you know, let's keep attacking. Right? Sure. We don't have to change anything. You can change things when it's absolutely needed. Yeah. But what's a change? A change usually isn't stra- like scrapping the entire training protocol. A change is making a slight adjustment here or there within the training protocol. Mm. And, you know, so something I did for her today was, all right, the next month we're going to 20, 30 reps on all leg days. Because I think we've progressed really, really well, but I feel like our upper body is progressing, her upper body is progressing faster than her lower body. So, all right, mm-hmm. let's see what some high rep work does here. I know what high rep work does for most people, mm-hmm. and it's really, really, really good, especially on, you know, on legs. Mm-hmm. Your legs carry around all day. Your legs respond very well to high rep work, yeah. right? If they responded well to lower rep work, then every powerlifter would have bodybuilder sized legs. They don't. Mm-hmm. They, you know, it's, it's just the reality, yeah. right? Um, and so, you, you're if if you fail one of these rep ranges, you're failing them all. But again, like I said, I say that tongue in cheek. What I really need is different levels of stimulus. Are you simulating strength? Mm. Are you simulating hypertrophy? Are you simulating extreme activation? Are you simulating endurance? Are we're doing if we're doing all those in a session, we probably had a fucking good session. Mm-hmm. I believe in periodization. I believe in varying rep ranges. Mm-hmm. I believe in utilizing all rep ranges throughout a training session on your primary body parts to get the absolute fucking most out of it. You know what this makes me think about? Yeah. It sounds as technical as a a golf game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have your, you have your driver, mm-hmm. you have your seven iron, you have mm-hmm. your putter, you have your pitching wedge and all that other shit. And they're all tools. And they're all tools. Okay. Well they, let's say I hit a seven iron. I don't know. It's 200 yards. Let's just call it that. I don't even know. That's fucking realistic right now. But me, I go, okay, well seven means 200, eight means 150, nine means 125, yeah. whatever. A pro, an expert yep. would say, well, I can use this seven to my advantage in the hundred yard range because I need it for this specific instance. Absolutely. There's so many small, minute details Mm -hmm. that change up. It's the flowers in the valley. Exactly. So during that, you know, you're on hole 18 and you need to have a pitching wedge, but you're 
300 yards out, yep. but you got to clear this tree. Yeah. What's your tool? Exactly. Similar to training. You have your techniques, you have the, the rep ranges that you're talking about. I think that's perfectly put. And actually it's funny because I've never really compared bodybuilding to golf, but you're actually right. That's <laughs> I well just thought about the technicalities because, of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, but the technicalities of it, you know, all right. Like there is, it does matter to vary rep ranges. Yeah. It does matter to utilize all of your tools for a time place. Now, for the first thing we do for the down push, should we do 30 fucking reps? Probably not. Mm-hmm. We should probably save that towards the end of the middle of the training session, mm-hmm. right? The end of the middle. Notice at the end of the middle, not the absolute end. If you save it for the end of the training session, you're probably not going to get very good activation for 20 fucking reps, mm-hmm. right? So we want to save more 11 to 15 for there. We want to start with some 5 to 10, you know, five, 11 to 15, and it starts also good. It, it depends on what you're able to activate. What are you able to stimulate? What are you able to do? What are you, are, are you able to overload the targeted muscle that you have? Keep tension on it the entire time with the load that you have selected. That's what matters, number one. But you're only as strong as your weakest weakest link. If you're a weak person, then your physique will be weak. Mm. Period. If, if if you're not strong, if you can't get under and you know put up, you know, for, taking taking into account, you know, your lean body mass, taking into account um, your age, taking into account um, you know your goals. If you're not able to put up impressive numbers versus people with the similar. Um, you know, in a similar place as you, then it's going to show like you're going to be a weak individual because you haven't pushed strength. If you never push endurance, well, then you're probably not going to be able to hang very long. You're going to get real winded at the tail end of, you know, anything that goes into double digit reps. And that's going to take away from your training. If your training output, because if, if your uh, oxidative turnover is lower than the output that you're able to achieve physically, then you're cheating yourself of reps. You have to stop because you're taxed cardiovascularly, not necessarily physically. And that's mm. very common. That is very common. Yeah. It's huge fucking individuals. The, uh, we were watching, I told you we were rewatching the last chance you for Savannah. Yeah. And, uh, God, I forgot the fucking team is called, but East Mississippi or whatever the yeah, first ep- the were. first season. Yeah, I noticed um, the second go around when I watched it that the the defensive line coach, yeah, he made sure that his kids, who are typically pretty chubby, yeah, strong kids, knew how to handle endurance, yeah, because he needed it in the last four quarters, absolutely. And I thought that That's was hard. really, I thought that was really interesting. Absolutely, so you need to last a long training session if your yeah. reps are really high, yeah, but if you're not training to do it. And, and as a bigger individual, you know, the bigger you get, the more nutrients you need, the more uh, oxygen you need, the more water you need, all that your body has to be able to deliver these very quickly. Mm-hmm. And if you're not in, you know, if you don't have good endurance, it's not going to. That was me last year before I started prep. Mm. I had terrible fucking endurance. I was just fucking flat, <laughs> fat and sloppy, dude. I couldn't fucking walk up goddamn stairs. I will never, ever forget that comment. It felt so That's bad. Said- we were making a whiteboard. Yeah. And said, why is this guy always out of breath? Yeah, I'll fight that <laughs> motherfucker. Tell him to show up. <laughs> but it's way different now. It it's is way, way different, now. different like, now. Like, I feel way better. Yeah. Can you imagine if we did the podcast when I was that big with oh, how shit, much I dude. talk and how fast I talk? I didn't even think I about talk? that now. Yeah. Because you're not out of breath, like, really at all. Never. Anymore. No, never. It, it feels Interesting. good. The only time I get out of breath is when I get excited and I'm, like, thinking faster yeah, than yeah, I fucking yeah, talk. Yeah, you're running. Yeah, I'm, like, my mouth is literally running. Yeah. So... These rep ranges, age simulate in a different manner, right? The lower the rep range, the more a neural adaptation it is, okay? That's why you see power lifters are usually 
I, 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 I like I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but they yeah. usually don't have a bunch of muscle. Like they're usually I've, pretty. I noticed that. Yeah, they're, they're not big. We, we've had friends who can lift five hundred some pounds yeah. or squat five six hundred pounds, and they're pretty skinny. Yeah, for the most so part. So strength is a neural adaptation. As we work the reps up higher, it becomes more of a musculature adaptation, and then we work the reps up even higher. It's more of a cardiovascular type adaptation. But don't think that high reps are a, like it's not actual cardio. Hmm. It's your heart keeping up. It's your body keeping up with supplying nutrients to this working muscle while it is continuing to stimulate and be taxed to the nth degree. Okay. So it's very, very, very important because I know a lot of fucking meatheads are going to hear cardio and they're like, going to act like they don't need to no, know you need that. You absolutely need that. So rest considerations for these. Whenever I'm doing anything really over like 10, 10 reps, which, you know, 80% of my training is spent over 10 reps in between every set, I'm walking around, I'm moving, I'm staying really locked in. I have some good music playing. I'm not making eye contact with anybody. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm moving and, and I'm forcing, you know, when you move, you're forcing your body to turn over nutrients greater. You're allowing more oxygen to enter and exit your body. So you're, you're, you're literally allowing yourself to recover, to be able to focus, dial in and perform in extremely high level level for the next set. So I highly, highly, highly recommend that when I'm under 10, honestly, dude, I, I get out from the set and I just kind of sit there because a set under 10 is grueling. It's heavy. It's power. It is immense output for a short burst. And I want to just allow my ATP to respond, recover. I want to dial back in mentally. You know, those sets under 10, they're taxing on your nervous system all of training is but the heavier the load the more taxing it is right and so i I usually just sit down after that you won't see me walking around much you know after i i I do a set that's uh you know six seven eight reps somewhere like that i'm not going to walk around much i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna allow my breath to come to me i'm gonna allow my body to recover my heart rate to go down my blood pressure drop a little bit i'm you know gonna allow that brain fog to go away and then you know when i feel like my golden rule with rest periods is when you feel like you're 100 focused and ready to perform the next set at the highest possible output that you are able to achieve that's when you go we don't go before that we do not go before that at all so think about that when you when when you're taking into account your rest considerations here another item i want to talk about is i have an anecdote from tall versus short people okay you you know if you're tall or short you know which fucking end of the spectrum you fall on, right? Like if you're if, if you're in between, you just have to kind of take. What do you What do you constitute? What's a range when you call that person short? For what, male or female? Male. When you call that, you go, "That's a short guy." Man, you really want me to piss people off like that? Why not? Let me let me tell a story. Let me tell a story. There's a five in front of your height, then you're short. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I wouldn't say that though. You're five you ten. wouldn't say that. Five ten. That's not that's that short. average height. That's not that short. That's average height. Yeah, it's not I'm short. I'm six foot. I'm superior, dude. Let me tell a funny story. I'm a story. baby making machine. I know this has nothing. This has nothing to fucking do with rep range. <laughs> well, I want to hear. It. I want to hear. It. I want to hear. It. But it has to do with height. Yeah. So in uh, you know what they say about uh, tall guys. You know what they say about tall thick guys. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead with your story. <laughs> I um when I was like eighteen or nineteen. Yeah. I wanted to. My cousin. Uh, Adam, he started to get into like modeling and stuff like that. Yeah. And he was, he lived in Chicago and I wanted to get into that a little bit too and see what I could explore. Cause I thought I was, you know, fucking, you're fucking yoked. I was yoked. He was yoked right? out. I, I was in shape and I looked Fake better natty. and I looked better than the, the, the models. Of course. Right. So I went to Chicago yeah. went to an open casting call no and walked into Ford models. Yeah. And dude, I can't even tell the story. 
And I walked and they said, how tall are you? I said, six foot. And they measured me. So they said, you're 5'11 and a half. <laughs> and they said, get out. Scott's short. I got, I got kicked out because I'm short. <laughs> they said 5'11 and a half. And told you get the fuck they out. They told me to get out. That is hilarious. Yeah. And all the other models were what, 6'2", 6'3". The, the requirement, jawlines. The requirement was six foot. That's awesome. To be a Ford. Well, I'd have fucking made it. Right? Shit. That's hilarious, Isn't it dude. funny? <laughs> so, I... I, I I don't mean that people who are five eleven or short, <laughs> but so before you're fucking offended and ass hurt in my DMs, no one gets offended on this podcast. It doesn't, yeah, dude. By this point, you really shouldn't. You know what's funny? We talked about some really open shit the last yeah. like eight or nine episodes, and I've gotten zero negative comments. It's a good thing. <laughs> and and we keep growing. So yeah. fuck, we must be doing something. I'm right? short now. Yeah, Scott's <laughs> fucking short. If you got a five and you're hot, you're fucking short. Oh shit. But but. In all reality, and then like for women, it's like if you're under five six, um, and I'm classifying this for the rep ranges. Yeah. Tall people, it seems they respond better to higher rep ranges. Short people, it seems they respond better to lower rep ranges. Now we still need to vary. Do not get that twisted. That well, Justin Haley said I only need to do high rep ranges because I'm over six feet tall. Yeah, uh, it's, I never said that. We still need to vary them. We need to vary them greatly, but. It's just an anecdote. It's just what I picked up on the last eight years. Do I have? <coughs> Whoa. That whiskey cough. That whiskey cough. What, okay. Let's, let's look at that then. Yeah. So you and Brandon. Yeah. Significant height difference. Significant. Right. So do you adjust a little bit while you guys are training together? I don't, we, we don't adjust a ton because we, we, we stay in a pretty stable rep range. Yeah. Um, but what, like what I adjust is more so tempo based. Okay. Whereas he's still learning some of the ropes of training. Okay. Um, of how I train for the record for the podcast. Yeah. Six foot Brandon is how tall? Like five, seven and a half. Okay. I think or something like that. Like five, seven, five, yeah. seven and a half, but he's like five, 10 on Tinder. So don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, for, for Brandon's also different, you know, he's been an athlete his whole life. Um, he, I, I think with short people, they seem to just, you know, short people have commonly have more favorable biomechanics than taller individuals do, mm-hmm. um, just because they're more short and compact. Yeah. If you have better biomechanics and you can move every, uh, through every range of motion, their active range of motion that you do, you're going to move better mm-hmm. if you have superior biomechanics. Yeah. For me, I'm long and lanky. I'm only six feet tall, but I have, you know, long arms, yeah. I have long legs. So I've always had, um, you know, decent, I, I, I've, I mean, I was a good athlete and so, you know, you can't just discredit that, but I, I, my biomechanics are above average. So what you're it's saying not is good because I'm five eleven and a half, my biomechanics your, are better than yours. Your biomechanics are not better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm far too competitive to say that. No, actually you do have really good biomechanics actually for being someone who's not like, like you, I would say your biomechanics are what I would expect from like a five, nine person. Sure. Like that's good. Sure. Um, you, you know, really good hip mobility, really good ankle, uh, flexion, um, you know, you, you, uh, Dude, my very, ankle flexion um, sucks. Dude, yeah, right. When you squat, it's fantastic. The hack squat it's hurts. It's fantastic. But the hack squat's going to hurt. Yeah, if okay. you're doing it the right way, it's going to fucking hurt. Okay. Uh, next time my hack squat, I got to show you my fucking ankle okay. flexion. Okay. Right. <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, fuck, mine's All good. Right. <laughs> um, and so, you know, but it's about kind of assessing yourself, right? It's about like, this is why training videos are fucking important. Uh, training videos are important because you can see how you're moving in real time. And if you're not moving in an efficient, active um, uh, manner to simulate, 
and to for your force adaptation of targeted muscles and you're not becoming a better uh, a better bodybuilder um i i my 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 goal with this podcast and i think i've nailed it home really well is showing you you have to incorporate all of these in every session if you're an intermediate per, i don't think we really have beginners to listen to the podcast i bet we do. um you, th- you think we do yeah, so yeah. if you're a beginner the number one item i want you to focus on is proper activation. I want you to focus on the rep range. I want you to study the the origin and the insertion and the function of each muscle. Honestly, this is going to help you the most. I'm going to say that and all let's say there's a thousand beginners listening to this podcast. Like a hundred of you are going to do that. And those 100 are going to go further than the other 900. See, like so, I, don't, I don't even know. Like I just kind of know what you tell you know me. That, but you have a fucking cheat code. Yeah. That's <laughs> I, know, I know what you tell me, but yeah. like I would not take the time to do that. Yeah. So I would, if in that, if that's the case of beginner, I would yeah. say I'm still a beginner in that I, aspect. I, but I think that people, so you know, I, I feel like I'm always talking to people who like want to compete or just like, re- like maybe like, I hate this term, but like look like a competitor or like could compete. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, like, uh, so a beginner would be someone who's like, like you've been in the gym, yeah. like you've been in the gym for, you know, a few years that like you know your way around, but like you've gotten your newbie gains. Yeah. You need more. Yeah. You, you need more and you should be maybe further along. Yeah. Um, if your plan is to compete, you should understand how the body moves period. Yeah. It's going to help you in your posing. It's going to help you in presenting your, your physique. It's going to help you so much in your training. It's going to help you be able to bio individualize everything that you do. Um, I think it's really important. So that's what I want you to focus on. I want you to kind of pick up on those things and then, you know, focus on training each individual muscle as its own individual muscle. Don't squat squat with an intent of stretching and overloading the quadricep muscle or squat with an intent of stretch of loading and, and uh, overloading the glute muscle that the, or d- thinking with that thought. Yeah. It's helped me extremely yeah. in all of my training, literally, every single movement, like literally my muscle connection, literally put your mind in that muscle yeah. and, you know, move the load, you know, the eccentric stops when you can no longer flex that muscle. Mm-hmm. Then the concentric begins and the concentric stops when you're about 98% of the way to the top. And then you stay within that. That's your active range of motion. Yeah. Find your active range of motion, overload within the active range of motion. That's where it's going to be your best. For more advanced folks, that's where we start playing every single rep. If you're only doing one rep, it should still be within active range of motion. Mm-hmm. Period. Like if I was to go do a bench press rep out, max out tomorrow, I would keep it the same way I do bench press right now within that active range of motion. Got it. I come down, you know, until my elbows are parallel with my shoulders and I press up. Um, no fucking idea what I could bench press. Kind of curious. I bet I, 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 like I could put up it. like 475. I'd I don't like, think I could do more than that. I'd like to see it. Yeah, it probably won't ever happen. You see me hide that cough? Yeah. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> that spicy fucking and drink. Almost good. Dude, the, the, the bullet does have a little spice to it. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, and and so I, I want you guys to just understand this is very, very, very important for you achieving your best physique. And you know, maybe you're someone who would consider yourself rather advanced. The only way I consider someone advanced is if I can take them to any any movement in the gym and I can tell them this is what I want you to simulate. And that's all they simulate for that entire set. Hmm. If you cannot do that, you're not advanced. And there's a lot of people listening. It's like, I'm an advanced, you know, trainee, but you cannot do that. You are not advanced. Yeah. My standards are also very high. A beginner is not someone who just walked in the gym. A beginner is someone who's, you know, been around the gym. Would you say 10 to 15% of people in the gym could a good like bodybuilding gym could be advanced. So house of gains is good bodybuilding. Okay. So 10 to 10% or less there's or more. 
one out of every 10, no, about one of one out of every 20 would be considered. Oh, okay. okay. One out of every 20 of the people who go regularly. Okay. Who okay. are regulars of the gym would be, I would, I better advance. Okay. Um, it's, so it's very few and far between. That's why I'm sure. saying for, you know, for the sake of this podcast, if we're holding over one out of 20 and all of you guys are in strict regimens mm-hmm. and, you know, we have um, 35,000 downloads a month or something mm-hmm. like that, that's not very fucking many of you. Sure. Sure. That are, that are advanced trainees. Yeah. Like you need to be very transparent also with yourself because if you're not able, to go into a set and I tell you that I want you to um, do a a lateral head focused upright row and you're not able to do that then you're not advanced and that's Mm -hmm. okay that's not bad but I want you to get to that point because it's going to help your training it's going to help your posing on stage Mm -hmm. it's going to help your physique appearance development and performance so much along the way make sure that we're constantly pairing xy selection with these ranges we don't want to have a barbell loaded on our back for 16 plus reps it's not smart to do guys we're going to do something like that be in a stable environment the the heavy the 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 lower the rep range the less stable the environment can be okay the higher the rep range the more stable the environment needs to be we we need to make sure we're setting ourselves up for perfect perfection within our execution here okay I think it's really important. People really overlooked exercise selection. People just go through the motions at the gym rather than paying attention to what's happening. If there's an exercise, if you have a program from a coach and there's exercise not working for you, swap it out for something. If, if you, you want to go to your coach, like for help, you can, but you're the only one that can feel it. Your coach mm-hmm. can't feel anything for you. So, mm-hmm. you know, be independent mm-hmm. and you know, try different things and do what you think is, is going to be, you know, a better able to contract for you. Would you say if the, the exercise that's programmed for you within the rep range, you can't really feel it. Do you think it's, um, even though you, you say switch to something you can feel that's within yep. the same, you know, like, um, okay. So a lot focused, Dumbbell row yep. versus a lat pull down, yep. I guess. Um, would you say we, the person should focus on the one that they're still struggling with to try to get better at it? Yeah. So, you, you know, back to the you're only as strong as your weakest link, right? Yeah. So if we're strong in a vertical row, if mm-hmm. we're strong in dumbbell and barbell or if we're weak in dumbbell and barbell rows and we need to focus on that and we have mm-hmm. to get stronger there because there's parts of your back that are underdeveloped because you're not strong at vertical rowing mm-hmm. what if you're strong at vertical rowing but weaker at horizontal rowing mm-hmm. well again the same thing applies here this is you know the, so don't this play favorites you need to yeah so don't play favorites like yeah. that's the whole thing yeah you know right now we just bumped up lap pull downs to my second um we, we so we made pull-ups my first movement on pull day lap pull downs my second movement on pull day because i realized that that vertical uh, pulling and then the uh, the vertical pulling up and down like a pull up like a lat pull down I'm, I'm rather weak there mm. and my lats have started overpowering my mid back my okay. upper mid back okay. and so we need to kind of address that yeah um you know I, i've also noticed that my lats you know i can barbell lat focus row like 425 for like mm-hmm. nine right mm-hmm. well my lat focus lat pull downs are 250 on the cable which is a whole cable stack yeah but it's for like seven or eight so like it's not as strong at all. Okay. Um, and it's not in terms of load there. It's in terms of feel. Yeah. It's in terms. I, I mean, if you have a 420 pound barbell, lap you know, you can add strong. more. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I know that there's some, there's a missing link here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, not all poundage is created equally, right. Yeah. Especially when comparing a free weight, a barbell to a cable, but it's, it's, it's my feel. It's I'm, I'm very in tune with my body and I'm not, yeah. my vertical pulling is not near as strong. Um, you know, my, my upward vertical pulling is not near as strong as my downward vertical point if yeah, that makes sense yeah, yeah. 
So I need to be able to address that because you're only as strong as your fucking weakest link, right? Um, and just always keep in mind what's your goal? What's your goal with training? Um, you know, you're a bodybuilder, you should spend time in all of these. Your bikini competitor might be good to do like some higher rep range work, um, just so you can really make sure you're activating the target muscles and not just adding thick size everywhere throughout your your physique, right? Law specificity, what do you need to bring up? Then reverse engineer from there. What do you need to bring up? Okay. What exercise do I feel the best here? Okay. What rep ranges for these exercises do I think is the most conducive to achieving the goal? Okay. And, you know, work your way all the way back there. So there's a lot that goes into training. It might sound a lot more actually complex than it is because honestly, I think it's really fucking simple. But I hope this kind of helps you understand the how we utilize rep ranges. And obviously, I'm always down to kind of talk more training here. Um, you know, maybe talking about doing a podcast on law specificity might be a good idea. But um, I think this is good. I think this was helpful. I think I did a decent job breaking all that down. I hope it was jam packed yeah. with information. Yeah. So for episode 107, we'll see you guys next time.